Welcome to Association Nation. From digital content to social strategy, print power to video value, engagement to conversion, we cover the content marketing topics that matter most for your members. I'm your host, Jamie Painter. On today's episode, we're taking a look at the status of association media in 2018 with input from you, our audience of association marketers. Back in late June, the Imagination crew had the pleasure of attending AMNP's 2018 annual meeting in Washington, D.C. If you attended, you know these types of industry events can be a hotbed of ideas. Attendees take inspiration from looking at what their association peers are producing, both during awards programs and in learning sessions. One thing I couldn't help but notice this year was an increasing focus on the audiences we're serving. In talking about everything from legacy magazines to personalized email programs, audience needs and the needs to understand your audiences was at the core. It was at the core of our conversations for today's episode, too. If you attended AMNP 2018, you also may have seen us recording in the lobby. We were lucky enough to capture the content smarts of our association colleagues, and today we're happy to share them with you. So what are your biggest goals for content? We asked, and no surprise, making sure it matches member needs is the top priority for many of you, including Linda Bushy, senior writer and the editor for the National Restaurant Association. One of our biggest goals would be to produce content that is meaningful and useful to our members. Something that they can refer to that will help them in their business and come back and get more ideas. Amy Sahida agrees, but adds the notion of freshness and the questions of frequency. Are we, are we sticking with our mission? Are we reaching our members? Are we giving our members what, they're, what they need? I think that's a big, a big thing we're looking for with our content. Do we have enough content? Are we reusing too much of the same content? I think that's trying to keep it new, fresh, and engaging. Keeping things fresh has a lot to do with knowing exactly who you're trying to reach. Here's Chris Okenka, Assistant Director of Brand and Creative at Turnaround Management Association. We do a lot with our publication in the long form. What we really need to do is kind of repurpose it for different audiences. We have a really big divide between um, our older members and our younger members. So we need to kind of take what they're really interested in and really kind of repackage it for the, the audience. Understanding audiences is on the mind of Stephanie Holland, too. She's Assistant Director of Advertising Sales and Marketing with the American Chemical Society and brings up the increasingly familiar P word, personas. Our biggest goals are to match content with the right persona. So we take a long time to really understand the research and the analytics and who we're trying to ultimately reach and then tailor that content to our audience. But knowing your audience, or sometimes your many audiences, presents its own hurdles. When we asked about the biggest challenges in association content marketing, of course many people cited resources and budgets. Those will always be there. But others noted the worthy challenge of audience development strategy. Here's what we heard from Justin Jakes, associate editor at Water Environment and Technology Magazine with the Water Environment Federation. I think as an organization, the biggest challenge we have is trying to figure out what works best for all the different segments of our membership. So for example, we have scientists, we have engineers, we have academics, we have people who really are in the field, we have all different age groups, all different backgrounds. It's a lot to cover, but we have to try to find content that's relatable for everybody. And I think a lot of the organizations around here face the same problems. 
Let's not forget that understanding audience segments also means wading through data and knowing how to make sense of it, says Chris Okanka. And Stephanie Holland adds another wrinkle, running strategy up the flagpole. Um, defining ROI um, to senior leadership. Sometimes they don't always know um, what KPIs we should give. Sometimes we have too many metrics, and so delineating those down into the metrics they should care about. I think you focus on what you're trying to achieve in, in the long run. I think it also has to do, or again, where we're looking at those personas. So depending on certain types of content to appeal to different types of personas um, and groups that you're tackling. So matching those uh, KPIs to, to the personas really is how we achieve it. Association communicators are nothing if not audience-minded. And the needs of audience members came up repeatedly, not just as a goal, but also as a challenge. We talked to Sage Sanders, editor-in-chief and publisher with the ASQ, the American Society for Quality. I think that sort of helping them sort through the clutter is the, the biggest challenge that probably any publisher faces right now with just the amount of information and things that are thrown at people on a day-to-day -day basis. The fact that, you know, people are on their phones, people are at work, people are you know, exposed to so much stuff, like to be something that they value and consume is, is the biggest challenge. And of course, part of helping people cut through clutter comes down to choosing what to cover and then providing context, says Meg White. I think with a lot of the news that comes out of the association, we are increasingly breaking that news. Also, when it comes to a larger story, where, say, a bunch of folks are testifying in front of a certain agency, but our general counsel is there, you know, we might be breaking that news of what she's saying because she's the most important person at that agency for us and for our members. So we might be breaking parts of the news, but then a lot of it is just breaking the reaction to that news and saying, here's the National Association of Realtors spin on this news. This is why it's good. This is why it's bad. And then this may be what the association is doing in response to that news. Stephanie Holland echoes that sentiment and sums it up nicely. There's always that saying that content is king, but context is queen. So, um, you know, having the right context, you know, I think we, you can do content, but doing it poorly, your audience will call you out. So having really good content is, is key for us. Obviously, this crew of podcast guests knows their stuff from goals to challenges. But we also wanted to know where they turn for inspiration. Don't be surprised, but the association world still loves their magazines. Just ask Amy Sahida. I definitely love to keep like looking at different magazines. What are other magazines doing? I think Association Media and Publishing has a great magazine and we've looked at their magazines for inspiration or just kind of looking at other associations work and it, there's a lot of associations with the same mission and goals and so you kind of get some inspiration from them. I love Runner's World magazine. That's like one that I pretty much read and I buy and I spend the money on it and but yeah I mean I and I, I am a person that will just like be at a Barnes and Noble flipping through some magazines and looking. It's just fun to look. I hope print never goes away for that reason. Meg White takes her print inspiration a step further. Well, something that I always try to do is get a different magazine subscription every year. Uh, even though I work primarily on the web, I think that a lot of what we do should be inspired by that magazine. And so I try to go really wide. Like my last one before uh, this year was Scientific American, and now I'm doing Milk Street, which is a cooking magazine. So I try to get an idea of, I think that you can get inspirations for some really uh, disparate sources. And um, just seeing how they deal with layouts. I 
love looking at their online TOC, Table of Contents, and seeing how they refer to their online stuff because I often get inspired there. And it's just something that keeps me connected to that print world uh, as an online worker. Just because we all work in media doesn't mean inspiration only comes from the media, though. Sage Sanders does her best thinking during her commute. And Raj Mokapadha, executive editor of C&EN Brand Lab, cites the inspiration of everyday observation. I look for everywhere, like when I'm walking my dogs or when I'm playing with my kids. I look at what they're reading. I look at how they're interfacing with media, my kids, for example, and I try to see what's resonating with them. I'll watch my friends and see how they're um, interacting with stories on social media. So it really is anywhere. It can be fiction, nonfiction. It's really anywhere. And don't forget to get out of your own world from time to time, says Rachel Ledbetter, managing editor for National Science Teachers Association Press. I think it's very important to continue to volunteer and to help the community. So I also help teach um, English to people who are new to the United States. And I think it's, it's inspiring to remember, like, I'm not just an editor. I don't just work with words. Like, there are people who really love the language and want to learn it. And I don't know, it helps keep things fresh and not so stifled. Last but definitely not least, we ask something that we often ask in our own meetings at Imagination. What's on your wish list? Amy Sahida had an answer that may sound familiar to many. I think it'd be great to kind of take more risks. I think we could probably benefit from that and kind of keep ourselves a little more modern and kind of growing with this growing world and technology. Change was a constant theme, including literal change, a redesign for Sage Sanders. We're actually in the process of redesigning one of our journals and we really want to change it so that it is more engaging and not just the long-form content, but has some more sort of original types of snippets and facts and, and things that people can consume quickly and that sort of help the pacing of the journal a little bit so that it's not just, you know, a big pile of words. <laughs> and in the spirit of the conference, Stephanie Holland said she's excited to see where the ever-evolving world of content marketing goes next and what it means for her work. It's pleasant to see a lot more in the content marketing field, both from a revenue standpoint as well as um, audience development standpoint. So I'm excited to continue to see that and learn from that. I'd like to give a big hearty thanks to everyone who spoke with us at AM&P 2018. Let's close this with our Like I Wish exercise. I like how much audiences are at the center of all of our discussions today, but I really wish more associations would make audience development more than a buzzword and build it into their content marketing strategy, giving it the resources and time it deserves. I like the opportunity to speak with so many of you in person. I wish we could hear more from you, so if you have topics that you'd like to hear about on future episodes, be sure to email us at podcast at Thanks for joining us today. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or check us out at imaginepub.com slash podcast A-N. <laughs> <laughs>